Welcome to A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm Parker Westwood. I'm your host. I'm your host, Parker Westwood. Whatever order we want to say that in. And today I'm bringing you the latter half of my conversation with Master Joshua, a pro-dom based out of New York. And it's juicy, like I promised. I did promise that it would have some juice. We cover so many things in this entire conversation, but in this last half, we talk about the difference between lifestyle BDSM and being a pro-dom. We talk about the importance of communication. We talk about his new venture, helping people to journey into their true selves at the end of their life. And so many more things. Before we jump into the interview, I'd like to remind you all that you can support the show in a few different ways. You can keep listening. I love seeing those metrics go up. Uh, You can tell some of your friends, the ones who you think would be into this, and maybe some of the ones who you think wouldn't be, because some people surprise you. And leaving a glowing review is one way that more people will be shown this show. Um, It's really great for the all-powerful algorithm, and uh, I would greatly appreciate it. And then, of course, you can become a patron. I am working on getting some more patron-only content, uh, so there will be exclusive interviews and some videos eventually. All of these things are in the works got some things coming at you. So if you are a patron of any level, you will have access to uh, some really cool stuff coming down the road. There is one correction I need to put on this episode, and that's uh, there's a moment where it sounds like Master Joshua is saying the word needy, but what he meant is meaty, as in like beef, meaty. (laughs) Uh, You'll know, you'll know what I'm talking about when it comes up. I should also put some trigger warnings on this episode, the same ones as last time for the most part. Uh, we do, the, the master-slave dynamic is mentioned, we don't really talk about it in depth this time around, and uh, there's mention of addiction, specifically sex addiction. I think that's all of them, but as always, I'm open to correction. All right, without further ado, we're going to jump in to the last half of my interview with Master Joshua. Enjoy. Um, there was one thing that we we briefly talked about before, but I'd like to hear a little bit more from you about, um, like in your, in your experience, what is the difference between lifestyle BDSM and then doing it professionally? So uh, there's, this is, this is a good one. So lifestyle, the lifestyle approach, right? When we talk about uh, sexual orientation, I like to identify myself as a leather se- as a leather sexual, right? Because the Very leather nice. lifestyle, the way I the way I define it, has certain pillars, right? Open communication, integrity, trust, respect, equality, right? These are things factors that matter to me, and in the people I connect with, they have to matter to them too. Right. So before the way you look, before your gender, before your anything, if these characteristics don't match, we're probably not going to vibe. And and that's okay, right? Because you have your reality, I have mine, and that's the way I go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's a, it's almost a, it's it's spiritual for me. This lifestyle is very spiritual for me. That's what the lifestyle means to me now. It's grown over time, right? Uh, from understanding how to connect and exchange energy with people, you know, sexual energy, and through emotional maturity and lifestyle maturity, I've I've come to this point. From the professional side, right? For me, it's about energy exchange. It's about um, heavily on energy exchange. And I try to get certain clients to a point of spiritual enlightenment, right? And it's not like I'm going to beat you to you see God, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, right? That's through the repetitive motion in subspace and all that shit, right? But yes. that aside, the, the connection that I want them to feel spiritually is through faith and trust, right? That through the open and normalizing of the communication that we're going to have, they're going to see that no harm will come, that they will be seen and heard, and that this is a reality, like this can be real, right? To, to be safe, to be okay in your body, to engage with someone without expectations and intent beyond what was negotiated, mm-hmm. it's very empowering, right? And it can be very life-changing for someone to, who carries shame with them to see that they're okay. And that's a thing that people don't really understand about being a sub. Like the experience of a sub is actually incredibly empowering. Hugely. Yeah. Hugely. I want to empower them with their own Mm self-awareness, right? And I think if you can see that if you commit and invest into a relationship and it is returned positively and you are shown safety and security, I think you develop faith in, in yourself and you start to really do a lot more work around it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you expect more from your relationships. You are more comfortable and confident in asking for what you want because when you're in that room with me, right, you're doing something that most people will never have the nerve to do mm-hmm. and that's pursue themselves, right? So by the time you walk out that door, you can walk out with your head up high and know that you've effectively taken a step to changing your life, right? And and that self-confidence feeds, pays itself forward. So even on the professional side, what I'm trying to do is connect people with their own life, right? Like um, I want to put you in your own driver's seat Mm -hmm. so that you can go from here and and, and take it. And so it's very, and it's very bonding, right? It's very, uh, it's very bonding. The relationships that I have with my clients are rarely do I have transient, well, transient clients because, well, now COVID, but mm-hmm. uh, two, because there's an investment that it takes from my end to sit and to talk with you. Yes. You have to invest in this shit because my output is high and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my energy is going into a place that is going to be moving you forward. Absolutely. I had a a session last week uh, and we had our our follow-up call a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, not, this is my operation, right? I don't, Mm -hmm. I prefer to really connect and bond with them. I understand there are transactional relationships out there and I've been in a few. Mm -hmm. That's not for me. So we had, uh, he completed my intake form. We did our two interviews uh, on Zoom. 
Uh, and two hours before he came for the session, he sent forward me an email, forwarded me an email he sent to a previous Don about his likes and his likes and what he wants in a session. So I looked at it and through our conversations, I kind of figured like, it's not rocket science, right? Like right. this is what you do because believe it or not, you're not that different from everyone else, right? It's like, right. <laughs> it's cool, right? Now, granted, he had a very unique kink, which I never was able to label it until he told me. And then I can, I spoke about it with a former submissive of mine and mm. he affirmed it. Uh, and it was like one of those aha moments, right? So I totally learned something from him, but the formula of the, of the scene isn't different, right? It's, yeah. it's, I know where we're at. Right? So he sent it to me. I looked and I laughed and I told my partner about it. And I said, he, he's coming with thinking that this is going to be, he comes in, he gets stripped down X, Y, and Z, and then he gets at home. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work that way. So he comes mm-hmm. in and I made sure all the arrangements, I like, this was a, uh, I, I got to pat myself on the back for pulling off what I pulled off uh, in this time frame that I was given. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when he left and we spoke about it, he says he was confused because he thought he was coming in to experience his checklist. Right. Thing. And what I did was I, I'm like, I'm not a fetish dispenser. Right? You don't put a quarter in me and I flog, 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 spank, spank, spank. Right? That's he, something uh, I used to say as a stripper. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not a gumball machine. You don't just like, <laughs> put quarters in me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, through our debriefing, I told him, I said, one, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know your body and I don't know how you respond. Right? I, I need to feel you. But two, you get, you sent me a checklist and I don't work off a list. I work off a of body language. Yeah. Right? I work off of communication and experience. Right. And you're not paying me for two hours of my time. You're paying me more for my 15 years of experience. Right? Thank and, you. Uh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we spoke through some of his uh, confusion, mm-hmm. right? Cause he's a life coach. Right. And um, the same way we spoke about not understanding or not, not uh, about feelings being a new approach. Mm-hmm. that was the same thing for him, right? He, he's never been asked questions like that. So he doesn't know what to think. And, and his <laughs> expectations, air quotes, were, were he was going to experience something transactional. Right. And it was, it was hugely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I love that. I also, it makes me think of like, when I tell people, I'm like, you're, pay, you're paying me for my time really and like the experience of being with me rather than like these specific things that you think are going to happen during our time together um like you're lucky that those things do happen uh (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, but you're also like paying for my company um (laughs) yeah yeah. because we're not we're not objects no right even 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 if the desire is to objectify or be objectified let Mm -hmm. us agree on that yeah right again like, informed consent and right it's like yeah. being addressed master by someone i don't even fucking know don't call me master dude yeah you don't know me did i tell and, you to do that and i don't and i don't know you right yeah. it's like that is something you have to earn from me too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this is a relationship not just like a you deciding everything <laughs> ship yeah <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. the art, the art of relationship building, I think, is um, one that I'm certainly like re having to relearn. Like, I didn't have very great models for it. Not saying that my parents were like weren't good at having a relationship or like people around me weren't. I just think we're especially as Americans, it's just, we don't get to see healthy communication. It's not, it's not readily available to us, um, yeah, especially exactly. in a sexual nature. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, like my parents, I think my sex addiction uh, evolved from lack of affection and intimacy, right, from mm -hmm. my parents, holding me, kissing me on the cheek, holding my hand. And I don't blame them, right, because their role models were their parents, right? right? And my grandmother worked three jobs and had 12 kids. Yeah, right? there's no time for kids. There's no time for a <laughs> right? So it's like, yeah. um, and I believe that's what it, what what plays a factor, right? It may or may not be holy, but uh, I, don't, I also don't blame them for it. Right. I could like, also go on an entire rant about how capitalism is designed to like keep affection yeah. away from us and like make it I've probably already done this with you at one point but <laughs> yeah I there's like capitalism is designed to perpetuate shame and like keep us from the liberation that we seek in these kink relationships yeah and sure. and I mean, short rant <laughs> <laughs> no I, I I agree 100% uh it's like so sex work, I started uh, 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. I don't, I don't remember. It was with a government worker who worked for, uh, by the, back then it was CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, out of uh, here in JFK. And it was a gentleman who was high ranking. He was higher up in, in the, uh, the chain of command. Uh, but he wanted to be humiliated and degraded and treated like a, like a pig and stuff like that, like a dog but not pup play, like degradation. Right. And he asked me if I would do a session with him. Uh, he was out in Long Island. I was here in the city. So, you know, I threw some numbers together and I made my journey out there. And, uh, you know, safety call in place. And like, I was using all the stuff that I'd learned in the lifestyle up until this point. And I get out there and we do the session and at the end of the session, the look in his face, the change that it brought was, I joined the military and I went into law enforcement with the idea of hoping to be of service. Mm -hmm. I want to help facilitate change in the world, positive change in the world. And the military and law enforcement didn't provide that. Uh, from there, I went into executive protection and I did, uh, a lot of bodyguard work and uh, guard uh, security for families, royal families and politicians. Mm. And that went on for a number of years. And while fulfilling to a degree, it wasn't service that I was, that I was looking to give. Right. When I wrapped up with this session with this, my first client and the look I saw in his eyes, the light bulb went off. Like, this is it, helping people find comfort within their own skin, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's when I started with my professional domination. As time, as time has progressed, I've molded what that means for me and what am I comfortable doing? What am I not comfortable doing? Uh, my approaches to the relationships, my inflexibility with my rate. Mm -hmm. right? um, and having standards and ethics around the work that I do. 
uh, because it, we need it, right? One of the things that I noticed while working in uh, bars in San Diego was objectification isn't nice and it feels horrible, right? And I don't want to feel that way again, right? So uh, to make sure that in my journey into sex work that I am not objectified, right? That, that I'm not seen as, as someone that I'm being, something I'm being paid for right. with my body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and again, unless, unless it's negotiating, right? right. So I, I found sex work to be very empowering uh, spiritually, you know, mentally and physically and all that stuff too. But mm-hmm. spiritually, when I felt whole, helping someone heal with themselves and be okay with themselves. Yeah. Uh, times progressed. Uh, I've learned more about myself. I've, I learned what faith is uh, in BDSM. I learned what it was through a photo uh because i do photography did you know that i did not know that i do photography as well i'll send you my uh my uh uh instagram page uh, yes, please. and a lot oh. of it's around, around fetish photography because i love capturing the energy of what is being seen not just yes. the picture right? not just look at me i'm wearing stuff but there's an energy in it in that exchange that i love capturing you'll see it's i love it oh and i'm so, so excited um so <clears throat> I learned faith through a photo that I took of my then male submissive and he was in a submissive pose and I'm looking at him and I said, man, this is what believing in a purpose greater than your own looks like. Mm -hmm. And when I said that, I felt, because he will do as I, even to today, he will do as I say without question. Um, That dynamic fell apart because he wasn't doing what he needed to do for himself. Right. And he wasn't fucking listening to me, Jim. I'm telling you this, not because I want you to do it or because I'm asking you to do it, because you're going to do it. Right? It's like, yes. you need to do this. And it's not for me. It's for you. Right. So anyway, anyway yeah. so um, I sat there and I was like, so this is what it means to have faith in a power greater than yourself. Because the way he looked at me and the responsibility I had in his life was very needy. And I said, well, shit. So this is what people who are religious feel and trust in their higher power. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take the relation and understanding of what that feeling was. And I asked myself, well, what do I believe in? Yeah. Right? And, and I sat there and this was a five minute process. I said, well, I believe in karma. Right? That If I do good, good will return. If I do bad, bad will return. And I live that way. I live to serve this power of karma Mm -hmm. right through my actions and in that moment i was able to understand my role and what faith means to me in in living for a purpose greater than yourself right so i learned Mm -hmm. faith in this lifestyle i've learned integrity what it means and how hard and how difficult it is to to change your lifestyle to grow and to live in a responsible and emotionally mature way, right? But it takes Absolutely. work, right? If, if this was easy, this world would have peace, right? But it's not, this is about money, right? And and uh, like you said, right, the capitalism, right? Would keep us, mm-hmm. keep us entertained with our electronics and our sports and, and the shit that doesn't matter so that we can uh, 
we can keep feeding the monster. Absolutely. Uh, the spirituality that I learned through this, um, also integrating plant-based medicine for my own journey. Right. Right. Uh, psilocybin, uh, marijuana, um, MDMA, different forms of therapy and medicine to help connect with those in my life. There's a lot of therapeutic approaches to, to the practices in this lifestyle, right? Uh, when, speak, when speaking about our past, right? Imagine having a relationship so strong that you can start tackling childhood or just life trauma, mm-hmm. right? In a space, right? Not to address it and say, this happened to me and this is why I'm the way I am, right? Mm-hmm. That's just sitting in it. Right. When you can sit with someone and say, this happened to me, help me understand why and how to move through it, right? And oftentimes the why isn't your fault, right? So it's like, help me understand why it's like, why it's not my fault and, and work, babe. It's, it's when we move past the uh, romanticizing of what BDSM is and the sexualization of what it is, and we look at the foundations of how these relationships are built, that's the meat and potatoes, right? right. It's not the sex. It's not the, it's not the physical part. It's the communication to get to the physical part. Yeah, I agree. And as a survivor myself, it's like it, when you're talking about trauma and like when someone's like this happened to me and then there's the why of it and usually it's not your fault and then you at least for me I had to confront my relationship with control and and like not having any and then having some and like what like really what it feels like to take responsibility for what I have and what is mine and my own body um but also recognize like when things are out of my control. Um, and just like, yeah, really, really understanding where I begin and where I end. Um, and so I think like that is, that's one of the most beautiful parts of, of a relationship like that is that you get, like, I, I've gotten to work with people on stuff like that. And it's just like such a like whole body good feel every time. Um, it's an honor really. Yeah. Uh, over time, um, and this is this is almost to where I'm at today. Uh, mm-hmm. Over time, my, my work through through BDSM, which uh, I'm working on rephrasing it for my next venture to NTSB, which is non-traditional sexual behavior, mm-hmm. so that it's more palatable for those who are afraid of the whips and chains, right? Because it's yeah. like just the name of it. Oh my God, BDSM! You must like X, Y, and Z. It's like slow down there, high speed. Right. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. <laughs> Right, so NTSB is the phrase that I'm I'm looking to start working with to help remove, again, the stigma of what BDSM and the leather lifestyle is. Mm-hmm. Um, so through this progression, right, I've, I've, like you said, you've helped, we've helped people heal, grow, understand, learn. And with my partners, uh, Kat, who, who deals in addiction and recovery, Shui, who is a licensed uh, clinical psychologist, and we're opening the Sanctuary for Spiritual Development and Consciousness Expansion. And those are therapy and counseling-led services, right, to range from addiction, recovery, uh, mental health, trauma, trauma trauma-based recovery, uh, NTSB. uh, Mm -hmm. And what I'm focusing on personally to wrap in with faith 
is connecting with people that are in advanced age or advanced illnesses, advanced stages of mm -hmm. illness to help mend their spirits, their being, relationships that they want to, to reconnect with before passing. Because um, I've had clients who have been diagnosed with medical conditions or advanced age that that wanted to feel beautiful again mm -hmm. or to be seen, right? I have a mentor who started off as a client uh, who's, he's an older gentleman and he's never come out the closet, right? Wow. And I would hate for him to pass without having to be able to speak out his truth yeah. to at least his, his friends or his peers. Absolutely. Right? Family, family, I can understand not, right? Because that's mm -hmm. just the house that he can't get burned down. Right. But to create an environment where he can openly say, I'm a gay man. To someone, right? yeah. To someone, right? Yeah. I get goosebumps. Oh, uh, you know, beautiful. I want, I want, it, it's, it's, it's also, it's bittersweet, right? Because how many people experience that day in and day out, right? That they, they will die without being able to, to express that. It, it breaks my heart. So yeah, I want to focus on taking what I've learned through this journey and start focusing it on people, on helping people heal. I feel it because when I've connected with clients like this in the past, mm -hmm. uh, through some personal journeys uh, with the assistance of uh, psilocybin, mm -hmm. right? I, and experiences with friends who are mediums and shit that they've said and I've I witnessed that have, where I stand right now, I believe that afterlife is just transitional yeah. And death isn't finite, mm -hmm. right? I don't believe that. Like where I'm at now, absolutely not. So to be able to speak with people who are transitioning, right? To help alleviate some of that anxiety, I can share my stories with them and sit and hear their stories mm -hmm. and help them and help them again, be seen and heard for who they are before moving on. Um, it, this And this started from me going to visit a friend who had a newborn baby that I was taking pictures of. Mm -hmm. And she had a dog of 15 years who I knew, I've known since he was a puppy. He was wearing a diaper and he's going blind and he's deaf. And he mm -hmm. didn't hear me when I came in. And he was sitting on the couch and I sat next to him and he smelled me and then he woke up, right? He woke him up. And I sat with him and I cried for a few minutes because mm -hmm. he's an old puppy now, right? And they have a new puppy, right? Who's six months old, so he's a fucking monster. And he's all energy, Max, not. <laughs> yes. Right? So I sit down with him and I, and I talk to him and I tell him, I said, don't worry, Max, you've, you've had a wonderful life. You've helped Alex and me. I, I was gushing to him. And I said to him, I will see you on the other side. Mm. Right? The next step isn't, this isn't the end. Yeah. And it stuck with me for a few hours, like, he ended up getting up and looking for me throughout the day, throughout the house. And uh, um, on the train ride back home is when I started talking to Kat about how I felt. I said, it's heartbreaking. It's sad, but I, I enjoy sitting in the sadness because it showed me that I love, right? That I loved him, that that's, that's my boy, right? Yeah. And there was a relationship and an experience that I had that brought me joy. So I will sit with this sadness and I will appreciate it because it reflects what I felt throughout this entire experience with him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that 
had me thinking as I'm sitting here for hours at work, I'm like, I start connecting the dots. I was visiting my parents in September and, you know, cause in September, I came to the conclusion that there will be no better time, right? My parents yeah. are in their seventies, right? If COVID gets them, right? Right, yeah. I won't be able to see them. Yeah. And then that'll be that, right? So I took the trip down and uh, I recorded messages for all the grandchildren individually with them, should they pass and not mm -hmm. be able to see them. It was so gut-wrenching and scary and sad that to sit there and think about this with my parents before but it's like it's necessary right yeah. and then I've reflected on the clients that I've had and it all started to point in this direction of uh end of life doula slash um shadow work right to help absolutely help heal before passing like that's that's where all of this has pointed me uh today and uh with, it's with high and heavy thanks to my media and journey that mm -hmm. I've been able to get to this point and understand that my point of service is for those who are transitioning to something different. Absolutely. That is beautiful. What's the name of, of your new venture again? It's a Sanctuary for Spiritual Development and Consciousness Expansion. Uh, it'll be ssdce.org. We're finalizing the uh, the verbiage for the website because there's a lot of information that goes into this stuff. I 100% believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll be more than happy to share it with you once once we have it up and running. Uh, I'll send it your way so you can check it out. Yeah, and I'll I'll link it to this episode. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Well, um, we skipped a day in the life of, and I don't want to forget. So if you, if you're able and willing to like, give us a, like a well-rounded idea of like what a day in the life of Master Joshua looks like. So I'm actually pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> right. People think it's some fabulous, it's some like, no, 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 no. It's, it's uh, all kidding aside. Um, a year ago, right. I was hosting events, two events a month. Uh, I was doing maybe four or five sessions a month, a lot of education, a lot of networking, a lot of socializing around the lifestyle. My professional and, and my income was based almost strictly around the lifestyle. I had stopped taking security contracts maybe about three or four years ago and doing professional domination full time. Uh, COVID hit in March, everything stopped, right? So it's like everything stopped. And yeah. uh, it had been a rough couple months. Luckily, things worked out and money kept coming in from different areas and we were able to stay up to date with where we're at. In October, I ended up having to take a contract that became available, right, because I need supplemental income. Yeah. And uh, the work that I was doing just wasn't working for the environment. Like People aren't coming out for sessions during COVID. And I'm also certainly not taking certain clients, right? If, if you're not able to meet a threshold for me, to keep me and the people I know safe, yep. uh, we just can't work together, right? So I picked up the work in October and I started doing a lot more introspective work through plant-based medicine uh, earlier this year. And through that introspection, through that personal work, uh, through the change, the economic change, uh, societal change around everything going on, uh, they just changed the schedule that I was working and took half my time away uh, because 
believe it or not, because Biden got elected, right? There's no more riots, so we don't need any more security. Right. right? So it's like, right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay, right? Because it allows me to focus on the next step, right? I asked the universe to give me time to help me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, again, I don't ask one to do it easy, right? So what yeah. does the universe do? It takes away half my hours and gives me the time I need to focus on what my next steps are. The right? universe so now, is funny that way, isn't it? Right? Now I have to <laughs> swim again, right? So, but I'm cool with it. So, so now starting this month, right, I'm down to working 10 days a week and I'm trying to catch up on previous engagements or connections that I've committed to that I've had to postpone throughout the year. Uh, time away with one of, one of the people I'm involved with. So we're going to a cabin uh, next week. Oh, yes. The week after, right? Uh, I was looking into Oregon because uh, we we're hoping to, um, to, for the sanctuary to be a destination, uh, preferably in a city that's, that's supportive of the medicine that we use for some of our therapies, yes. that we want to use for some of our therapies. Right, so we were supposed to go to Oregon in February. That fell through because the numbers are going up. Mm-hmm. And for these first few weeks of time off, I'm playing catch up, uh, reconnecting with with uh, relationships, either mobile or in person. And relationships meaning people that I'm intimate with that I haven't been able to spend enough time with. Right, it's it's, it's I'm not going out there and socializing on different levels and stuff like that. It's right. just being more available for the people in my life. I'm hugely into uh, VR gaming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a habit I just picked back up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great stress relief, right? Uh, it, it helps me take my mind off of my work because where I'm at now, my life is my work. And if I can't separate it, I end up going down this rabbit hole and I'm not able to work at my maximum capacity. Right. I just yeah. end up working at a burned out 50, 60, 70%. And that's not, that's not enough. Yeah. Not everything right. is about profit. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. I have to learn what rest means. Right. I have appendicitis in May uh, wow. and I had to go have it removed. Right. And yeah. um, that shit was no joke. Right. Like I, have you ever had food poisoning? I have. Yeah. That's death. Right. I, uh-huh. I thought, I had it one time. I used to use it to call in sick when I worked for the government. <laughs> food poisoning, food poisoning, food poisoning. Until I really got that shit. And when I got it, that was the last thing. I'd, I'd call in dead before I would call in food poisoning because that shit was horrible. Yes. Right? And May, I thought I had food poisoning. And I'm like, fuck, this is bad. Let me wait it out. One day turned into two and it, it got worse. I went into the hospital and they said, it's really fucked up. Summarizing it, it's really fucked up and it's got to go. So uh, wow. In that time, right, they removed the appendix and they gave me oxy. Mm-hmm. Right, I've been a proponent for medicinal marijuana since day one. Yeah, on oxy, I was hearing voices. Oh my! God. I was hating life. I was depressed. I wanted everything dark. I didn't have any motivation to work. Just leave me alone so I can be here miserable and quote unquote heal from my surgery. Yeah. And that lasted for about two and a half days. I had my re-up, my marijuana re-up, and I smoked. And within 60 seconds, the pain dissipated and everything changed. 60 seconds. Oh, my God. I went from a proponent to an advocate. Right. 
in just that amount of time because in that moment i realized it's so addictive it's so addictive and marijuana is not it's crazy like i was getting sick i couldn't keep it down i was throwing it was it was horrible i'm supposed to be here healing and the medicine the pain relief medicine is worse than the healing symptoms right right it's like unbelievable unbelievable so i'm a huge proponent for plant-based medicine and uh because of that experience right so Mm -hmm. today there's no kink there's not much kink going on uh (laughs) that's not true (laughs) that's not true that's not true i mean i see my slave twice a week (laughs) that's not true (laughs) but the 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 social aspect of my kink journey isn't present right now when i do get to experience my bottom side or my submissive side as i'm doing it currently Mm -hmm. it is heavy and it is nasty and it is the things that i want it to be as as best as i can experience them where i'm at with myself now Mm -hmm. uh you know and i i i only expect it to get better and i only expect it to get livelier maybe next time we we video chat i'll have a big collar tattoo i remember the first time i saw that yes uh i was a teenager and it was public access tv and i think it was the robin bird show and she mm-hmm. had a male dancer and he had this big black collar tattoo on his neck and i was oh like i God. fucking want one of those <laughs> bad ass right it's uh, so good neck tattoos it? are so sexy to begin <laughs> with yes <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, I think I all our that's that's one question that I'm like I don't even know if I should have this in here anymore just because our lives have changed so much since COVID hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you where I, I wish I, I look forward to my day in the life of yeah uh, with the progression of the work and SSDCE. Yes. I've I've for years and years right I'm not the type I've never been the type to sit back and think about where do I want to be in X amount of years or how can, how do I visualize my life in five years or what are goals or what are this or what are that life never came into focus for me like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I never had plans or projections of grandeur because right? it's like, I didn't live that way Yeah. until I started getting an understanding of what all of this meant for me and to see into the future, right. Is, is a feeling that I've started getting of tasting what reality will be as opposed mm. to trying to visualize what I want. I can, I can close my eyes and see what's going to pass. Right. And in that, what I want my life to be is again, in this destination for individuals where they can walk through the door and my life starts with me waking up, having breakfast, meeting people that are coming into our, our sanctuary connecting with those that are already present and ushering those forward that are on their way out in a way that is communal, almost village-like, that everyone knows everyone by their first names and family, right? That saying of strangers are just friends you haven't met yet, it's cheesy, (laughs) but I want that, right? I want that feeling, right? Because we deserve it. If we earn it, we deserve it. Yeah, it's a it's a moment of um, we have to commit to our community in order to like receive that sort of place, um, place am- among it. 
Um, it's done through service. Like I don't host events to make money, right? You don't get rich in this lifestyle doing this stuff, right? I do it to create a space for people to have their journey. Yeah. Right. And uh, money has to be a part of it because there's things to be paid, but you're not getting rich off of hosting events. No. Right? It's, you're creating a space for people to explore. Yeah. Which is so, so important and part of, part of the trust building, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I have some rapid fire questions for you, if you're ready. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So there's a f- like three that are just like quick and dirty. And then we get into like the more interesting ones. Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes unless it's chicken and waffles. It's a fair answer. Um, Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z? Uh, Dragon Ball Z because they fight. <laughs> <laughs> like actual fighting, yes. Like actual fighting. Yes. <laughs> uh, favorite place you've ever been? There's a place called Easton Mountain uh, in upstate New York, about an hour out of Albany which has become my second home, which is the first place I felt home. Wow. It's it's a a venue created by uh, a gay male by the name of John Stasio, who has become a mentor and a guide to me, a brother of sorts. And the space he's created is a retreat for those who are looking for peace. Like along the same lines of the sanctuary idea, I've I've developed that because of my experience through Eastern Mountain. Um, And it's a place for healing. I've traveled and stuff, but I've never felt home. Mm-hmm. And home is the most beautiful place. And when I turn that road onto Eastern Mountain, I get that feeling of going home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the most beautiful place to me. That's a wonderful answer. Now I'm like internally asking myself, like, where do I feel at home? It, it's it's hard, right? It's like it's not. I've I've lived in plenty of places, and, mm-hmm. and even in the relationships I've been in a lot of it's always felt, this is where I'm at presently. Yeah. This is where I'm at. I'm not not home, but this is where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's very common. I think that that was one of the perplexing things about like leaving my parents' home, going to college, coming back for a visit and being like, oh, this isn't home anymore. And neither is the place that I'm at now. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's It's a very disorienting thing to confront. Like, speaking of visiting parents, uh, two years ago, three years ago, two or three years ago, mm-hmm. my parents found out about my work. Because mm. uh, I've, I've never hidden it, and I've always spoken about it, but I don't speak about it in hard terms. Like BDSM, pro-domination, male mistress, you know, right. uh, things yes. that will turn people away. Right. So um, I've always kept it very user-friendly. And I think they heard an interpretation of what I do through my older brother who I cut ties with mm. years ago because he's a homophobe and a racist and he's a cop. So imagine that, right? Right. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Um, <laughs> so when I was down there for Fetish Factory, this was Memorial Day weekend, has to be three years ago. I called them and I said, hey, I'm down here. Do you want me to come by? And they took a pass on it. Mm. And they've never done that ever, ever, ever done that. And uh, it was heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? Because they've never, I've never had to deal with, a, thankfully, I've never had to deal with what a lot of alternative, air quotes, lifestyle p- 
people have had to deal with when engaging with their parents growing up. And to feel that was very painful, right? So I wrote them off, like I wrote my brother off, who are judging me because of how I lived my life, right? And um, it was sad and it, and it was scary. It was sad, it wasn't scary. And I was angry, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, fucking talk to me about the work that I do. And yeah. let me tell you the important role that it plays for the people that I connect with, right? So I didn't speak to them and they didn't speak to me for a while. And my sister mm-hmm. was the one who, who uh, talked me into reconnecting with them while they were visiting here in New York. And they were here for, for, for a couple of days. And I called them and I said, hey, let's meet up for lunch. And I went with Kat, mm-hmm. my, my, my partner, and we sat and I, it was good to reconnect with them because I felt that they missed me, right? Yeah. Uh, seeing that their emotions trumped their misinformation yes. uh, opened the door for us to communicate again. And when I met and I laid it all down for them, this is what I do. I also talked to my mom how I found faith through this. Yeah. Right. And, and I made it in terms and I brought it up in terms that they can relate and understand with not not just. Uh, well, this is who I am taking or leaving, right, because whether we like it or not, yes, the Internet is there and people can educate themselves, but it doesn't work that way all the time. Yeah. And sometimes people need things interpreted so that they can understand them better. And they can digest or just remove the misinformation. Oh, that's not what I thought. And I'm sorry. Yeah, but you can't get there until they're willing and open to even approach the subject. Yeah. Even approach it. Yep. yep. Absolutely. My kids, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them I have good relationships with. Uh, one of them I don't, right? Uh, my oldest, with her mom, and it's a whole story. Uh, but through our last communication, she became very disrespectful and judgmental in the work that I do and the person that I am. Mm. Uh, she pointed out my desire to express myself in more feminine gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was some painful shit to hear repeated at you from someone who who's judging you, whose blood ran yeah. your child, who isn't taking a moment to just listen. Yeah. Like, just listen. Just hear what I have to say. Because right? I'm not the person you think I am. Right. But you're leading with your emotions and you're leading with misinformation. Just we can all do good if we stopped for a moment mm-hmm. and shut our mouth and opened our ears. Yeah. And on it formed our own opinions rather than ascribe to these preconceived notions and stereotypes. Yeah. 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 And, and this world would be a better place right? if we could just take a, a breather, just take a second. Yeah. I love that. So I'm terrible at the rapid fire questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, up to this point, I've been like, wow, people are really bad at rapid fire questions. And I think it's just me. Um, <laughs> so, so that's uh, good to know. Um, the next question is uh, a book from your mandatory reading list. Uh, books, words. Uh, so dyslexia has always been a, a pain in the ass for me. Right? Mm. And the, the ability to sit and concentrate on a book is tough. Yes. Uh, also, if the book, if I'm not caught within the first chapter, I'll, I'll maybe give a book a chapter, yeah. but it has to catch me. Like if it doesn't catch me, uh, it's hard for me to stick to it. Uh, World War Z. 
<laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's that's a tough one for me because uh, there's a lot of good literature out there. I end up going back to SM 101 by Jay Wiseman mm. uh, because it's a fantastic foundation on relationship development and one's personal journey. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of stuff out there, but this one in particular, he addresses a lot that's palatable and digestible for everyone reading it. Uh, and he highlights um, a lot of important factors in personal and relationship development that I think people often overlook. Awesome. I'll have to check that one out. I haven't heard of that one yet. Uh, yeah. Secret talent. I know you've got one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, secret talent. I can do this with my tongue. <laughs> oh my God, you can. It's the three leaf clover thing. That's amazing. <laughs> Never heard it that, described that way. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, skill. That, that, that's one. <laughs> that's one. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know about that. <laughs> I'm I'm honored to have bared witness. <laughs> to uh, witness. Yes. <laughs> okay, a song, a musical artist, or an album that you're currently obsessed with? Uh, so an album that I've been obsessed with for a while is Marilyn Manson's uh, second to last album. Uh, and I'll tell you the name of it because I'm horrible with names. Pell Emperor, is it called? I think it's called Pell Emperor. If you've not heard it, the reason why I like it is because it's not hardcore metal. Mm -hmm. And it has, uh, yeah, the Pell Emperor came out in 2015. Okay. And uh, it's got a very jazzy flow to it. Interesting. Right? And I can do a scene, I can do a session from beginning to end of that album. And it dictates a beautiful pace that you can interpret to whatever you're feeling. Right. So like, I like to play blues and jazz during my parties mm -hmm. because it's sensual, but it's powerful. Right? And you can, you can, you can express different ranges of emotion through the through the tempo that there that the, the track has. Yeah. Hands down, if you've not played to blues or jazz, take a moment and find a channel like BBQ Blues on Pandora is one that I use all the time, and uh, it's it's so smooth yeah. and sexy, right? And mm -hmm. and you you can change your own flow to the music because it's, it's, it's like the music is universal. Yeah. Right. If you zone, plus you're also zoning out, right? You're not listening to the words. You're not listening to the lyrics. You're feeling it. And so as that tempo builds and as the percussion picks up, the, I, I can start getting goosebumps and breaking a sweat. Thinking I'm, all, I'm actually in goosebumps <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm. I have not listened. I admittedly, have not listened to that Marilyn Manson album. So now I shall. Give it a shot. Give oh, it a yeah. shot. I I swear by it. Excellent. Um, okay. If I want, to, if I want to impress a submissive, I will play that because that puts me in a space mm. of uh, like, it's like <laughs> that's. <what I'm, laughs> now you have me thinking about it. Yeah, that's that. that it's, it's such a sexy album. I'm so excited. Check it out and listen to it. And uh, let me know what you think. If you can get an opportunity to play to it, uh -huh. try it. And let me know how, how what you think about it. I will. I will. Okay. Finish this sentence. Good sex is. 
And I'm going to say raw and not in the sense of lack of protection. Uh, mm -hmm. By all means, use your barriers, use whatever you need to to stay safe. But sex, when everything is spoken and pursued, right, and the inhibitions are put aside and you can be your primal self, mm -hmm. oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I jerk off more to thoughts of uninhibited play than yes. any porn that I could put up on a website. 100%. On any website, easily. I can, oh my God, ah, incredible. Yeah. Right? It's like, because it's real. Overall, right? Our relationships, we manage people's emotions, right? The people we're with. I don't want to upset them, so I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to upset them, so I'm going to do that. Right? I, I think or I feel this way, and I know it triggers them, so I'll avoid it. Right. Relational chess. Yes. Right? So that's one-on-one. -on -one. Now add polyamory to that shit, right? Ah, you fucking choke on the headaches from yes. <laughs> so what I notice, and what we all do, most not not everyone, but a lot of people do, especially in the beginning, is we're managing ourselves and the relationships so we don't step on anyone else's toes. Yeah. Right. So no one gets upset because I express emotion for her in front of this one, and then this one feels without, and then it's like it's a fucking headache. Yes. Right. So through a a mushroom, a psilocybin-based experience that I did with my slave. My partner was sitting for us, right, to make sure that things went safely, safer. Right now, now granted, if you don't, if you don't have a, an extensive history in psilocybin or magic mushrooms, they are the least addictive, and they are not recreational. These are for personal journey, introspection, and growth. This is my professional opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I will put that shit on the record, right? So yes. uh, when we were there, and I don't role play, role play comes very hard for me, right? I, I just don't have the knack for it. Mm -hmm. uh, she's Israeli. So, uh, and, and our power exchange, she has to feel physically submissive in order to be submissive. So I have to show you I'm domin by dominating you physically. Yeah. Right? So if I say stay down, She's not going to, and it's not brat behavior, right? Because right. I don't do brats. Brats and I, oil and water, like fucking stay away from me because it's not a game. Yeah. Right. But she likes to have her submission earned. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, she doesn't push back often, only when sometimes when we play. Now that I'm thinking about it, she's a fucking brat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. So, so uh, we're, we come out of our peak. And now we're, we're uh, sitting with each other and we're talking and my focus goes on to her and Kat is just an, a silent observer, right? You're just here to witness and make sure we don't die, right? Mm -hmm. So when engaging in plant-based medicine, specifically psilocybin, a lot of times the fear and inhibitions are removed from your current state. So you can converse more openly you can express more openly without the fear of rejection or judgment or what have you. So my slave and I get into a power exchange, a role play of uh, secret agent and interrogator. Oh, nice. <laughs> for, for the record, I have my hands choking, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, we're assuming a, a, a interrogation play, mm -hmm. right? And in my mind, I allowed us to be who we were regardless of who was present, 100%. And it went from beginning to end, and the things we said and the way we behaved was very unfiltered. 
and it felt fulfilling to me yeah. and fulfilling to the, my slave. And I had no regard or concern for how the primary was going to feel because in that moment, what I realized is when I throttle my expression, I'm robbing from everyone. Yes. It does my slave no justice if I can't express to her how important she is to me, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, intimately, psychologically. Like for myself to feel as a whole person, I have to be able to express openly. Right now, I'm not doing disrespectful shit. I'm not groping one to piss off the other or anything like that. Right? I, I keep awareness of that. But the, converse, the conversations around the, these, the, uh, the ability to express ourselves fully, it gave me the platform to address it. Yeah. So with the plant-based medicine showing me what is potential now through my expression and my engagement with my slave, which the first time role-playing on that level was extremely fulfilling. And uh, it really opened up doors to, to who we are in our relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's like the ability to not throttle, throttle ourselves in our relationships, right? But you can't just pull the Band-Aid off either, right? You have to talk through this shit. Yeah. Um, expressing what is happening, how you feel about it happening, like uh, jealousy, right? Polly, jealousy. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a non-factor, right? It's an everyday factor. It's a very Absolutely. real factor, right? And it's normal, right? And so we converse about it and normalize the conversations around the relationships. This is all about this entire stuff is about communication. Yes. I personally identify as poly uh, and I'm currently not in any relation. Well, that's not entirely true. I just started dating <laughs> again, but I, <laughs> I have a really hard time being polyamorous because it takes a commitment to all parties involved. And sometimes like only seeing one person can just be easier. Um, yeah, but I think poly, poly takes a, a lot of communication uh, with all parties involved. And it's, it's a beautiful thing because communication in, is inherently beautiful. Um, and being able to negotiate and find, like, actually express where everyone is at and find this, like, common ground um, yeah. is really a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, it's, it takes a lot of work, but the payoff is incredible, right? Yes. So the relationship now where we're able to get raw and primal with each other, mm-hmm. right? Didn't happen overnight. Like people, like I used to be envious of the guys that would have all this wild and crazy sex, right? Because the way they attained it, however it was, it seemed cool, right? But it was also transient, right? It was different people. And there was always something negative coming out from the engagements, right? feelings or hurt or whatever so I wasn't envious about that part (laughs) yeah and you know I experienced raw primal type of sex but it didn't come until the last year or so where the last month few yeah the last year or so where after all the investment after all the experiencing journeying and communicating we were able to build the trust in the relationship so that the sex is on that level. Right. Right. Because it's not, it's attainable. Right. Mm -hmm. People think like when people say, Oh, you can do anything you put your mind to it. Yeah. But define that, right. That's such a generic 
freeze. Right. right. Also, like, you. there's a time factor. Like, it's not going <laughs> to, you don't put your mind to it, and then the next moment you have it. That's not, <laughs> not how it works. It's like, this stuff works by you can do anything you put your mind to means you can do anything you put your mind to that you're willing to do the work for. A hundred percent. Discipline. So important. No, discipline, right? We have to create our reality mm-hmm. and that takes sacrifice, right? We, uh, we were in a documentary that recorded. I'm hoping it turns out to be real big uh, because it, it speaks on love languages across the world, right? And mm. The people that, um, that came to us when they were in New York, we were, were, they were, they were, we were referred to them and they sat with us and uh, you know, people, misconception, BDSM, slave, and you have to do what he says and yada, yada, all that nonsense. So mm-hmm. we spoke through all of that and it's so cliche and so generic. But the last question that they ask is define love in one word, right? And I sat there and I thought about it and I came back with sacrifice, right? Of course. Uh, right. But you sacrifice a lot. Yeah when you are invested in something greater than yourself and it's Mm -hmm. time and it's mostly time like that's the biggest thing you sacrifice yeah is is time uh because that's the most valuable thing we have it's true right and we've sacrificed a lot of time in working through our problems and working through our hiccups so that we can get to a place that isn't just manageable but content People aren't guaranteed happiness. Mm-mm. No, you know, no one owes you happiness. Right? Nope. That's just not reality. If it's you earn it, right? you can work for it, and you can work for moments of happiness. Yeah, right. It's not sustainable, but it's it's achievable in moments. Yeah, um, I love that we're still in the rapid fire questions. <laughs> I'm just like I'm so bad at this. I th- and on it, yeah. I'm just like this will probably have to be two episodes. Um, and I'm not mad about that. That's so no, no, it's, all it's good. so I, perfect. Um, okay, there's two more. If you had one superpower, what would it be? I would say telling the future. That's a good one. Yeah. Right. Uh, one of my biggest things that I still struggle with is accepting my presence. Mm. Right. The inability of knowing what comes next is so uh, uh, what comes next is so frustrating and scary. Frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Because if I knew what I had to do next, I would do it. Yep. It's simple, right? If I don't know, I feel like I'm sitting on my hands and I'm wasting time, and that is the worst feeling I can have. Because then I get anxious and I become irritable, and shit just gets bad, right? Yep. Learning to sit and be present, super hard. So if I could tell the future. Right, it can relieve someone. <laughs> Maybe I don't even know, right? Because what if the future's bad? Now I'm looking forward to bad shit. Right? <laughs> oh my god, I love that. As a fellow, <laughs> as a fellow person who like doesn't know how to relax or take a nap, like I, I relate to you on that level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, telling the future, I, I think. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then, what is something simple that brings you joy? <laughs> So I'm going to say masturbation. Yeah. Right. And it's not just the fact of just jerking off. Right. There's a level of stress relief, release, right. And it's not the orgasm. It's the pressure that is released after the orgasm. Mm -hmm. That is simple. Right. I, I'm the type that I have, 
I have sex to de-escalate. I have sex to decompress. Mm -hmm. uh, it's tough because if you believe in sex addiction, I go back to the if you believe because some people don't. Right. It's something natural. How do you how do you abstain or pull back some from something that's natural? Right. Yeah. And it's hard. It's it's not easy. No. Right. Because it's like having um a uh, eating disorder. You have to cultivate yeah. a relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So part of my part of my daily ritual is if I work overnight and I get off of work, the first thing I do is go home, fuck and eat breakfast. Right. Yes. And she knows that like she's dressed at seven in the morning when I get home and whatever she's going to surprise me in, because that's what helps me turn off the switches. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a function that everyone I've been engaged with understands. Mm -hmm. Right. If I don't, it's like a person that doesn't have coffee in the morning, mm. right? Or their their ritual in the morning to start off on the right foot. Yeah. Uh, even if it's, it, it, I don't even have to have sex. Like, let me just touch you. Right? Let me just mm -hmm. get, if, if I can start off that way, I will start off on the right foot and I will be proactive. Mm -hmm. it, but it's tough, right? Because it's like, it has a power over me too. Yep. It's simple, right? But it's not easy to manage. It's, it's not, it's something that I, because I said, I said this morning, <laughs> this morning, <laughs> I said, listen, I just need to put a chastity on myself, right? Because mm. who knows where that energy can go right? as well, right? It's like, there's, uh, so it brings me joy, uh, but I think there's a price that I pay with it too. Mm -hmm. And that goes for both like sex with, a, with another person and masturbation. Yeah, 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 and sometimes it's just easier, right? So just to rub yeah. them out and to go right to bed. One hundred percent. Yes. Don't even touch me. Clean up because now Give, I'm giving up. myself a boost of serotonin here, and we are going to go on with our day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think with uh, just to, to like elaborate on masturbation for a moment, I think there is something really truly beautiful about having that moment with yourself and like knowing understanding yeah. your body, especially as yeah. a woman who's like not taught anything about my body at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that is and that brings us to the close of of my interrogation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been so magical and i just want to thank you for being so willing to get vulnerable with me this was a really amazing conversation i really i really appreciate the time and the uh, the ability to speak it through right uh as i had mentioned earlier some of it is my first time speaking through it mm -hmm. uh these are conversations i've had in the past that i haven't been able to put the words to it as i have been with you tonight uh so i'm thankful for that and uh for the platform. Hopefully we can connect with people out there who are looking to hear these same words just to know that they're walking their path, right? And that they aren't alone doing this because the more we get to know ourselves and the more we get to define what our human life experience is, the more isolating it can be right? yep. because who shares this with us, right? It's really hard to find others who, who are on the same wavelength as, as some of us can, can be at. Agreed. Agreed. Let's let's el eliminate shame and liberate the people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Yeah, please, please. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. And, and thank you again. And uh, let's keep in touch. Absolutely.
but have a good night. There you go, folks. That is the actual conclusion of my interview with Master Joshua. Uh, we have indeed been in touch, and I'm sure there will be another episode with Master Joshua on the horizon, um, or at least something for a patron. Patreon? Patron, uh, patrons of Patreon. Mm-hmm. That one. This was such a fantastic interview, and I really do believe that shame is the enemy of freedom. Like, we cannot be free if we hold on to shame and continue to shame each other. So, let's shake that shit off, huh? <laughs> if only it were that easy. I mentioned in the first episode, the preamble to the first episode, if you will, that this was uh, this was recorded a long time ago, like months ago. So um, the website to Master Joshua's new venture is actually up and running, and they they've made a lot of progress on the Sanctuary for Spiritual Development and Consciousness Expansion. So check out that website. Some really cool projects, really great people working on it. Yeah. I am sitting here in my new podcasting closet, which is not entirely finished, but it feels really good to be. <laughs> and that's my cat. She would like to say hello because there's no door to this place yet. There will be because of that. Um... But I'm in my new podcasting closet, and it's, yeah, it feels really, really good to be in this space and to be creating content for you all, uh, finally, now that I've moved and I am putting together the, the podcast studio closet. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is where I'm supposed to share a space thing with you. Um, as you're traipsing across the galaxy, if you choose to stop at an intergalactic rest stop, just remember, don't eat the ham and cheese sandwiches. Trust me. Nanu nanu, motherfuckers. Love ya. Felix, I can hear you purring. You can't stay here. I'm not